Welcome back. You're listening to TBR, a podcast where we both drink and spill the tea on books from your TBR lists. I'm Alicia. And I'm Liv. And this episode, we are reviewing the second half of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Maas. This week, again, we are drinking different teas. I am drinking regular black tea with a splash of milk. My go-to. Ooh. I mean, it is your comfort tea. It is. And this episode... Is about to get real hectic. It is. So I need my comfort tea to get me through it emotionally. That's right. I agree. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Arctic Fire. What a spicy name. I know, but I guess I'll let y'all know why I chose it at the end of the episode. Good idea. As always, this episode contains major spoilers for Akawal. Yes, so definitely proceed with caution if you haven't read the book, and if you have, then we can't wait to have you join us. And if you haven't listened to part one... You should probably go back and do that now so you know what we're on about. Yeah, otherwise it's just going to take off at a really weird spot and you're going to be like, oh, cool. (laughs) All right. Alrighty, so that being said, let's get straight into it. Let's. So we finished off last time with Feyre and Reese deciding they actually needed to go to the Bone Carver again. Yes, and so now they're currently at the Bone Carver's prison and Feyre's like, I don't know what I had to do last time, so pick another object for me to retrieve. Yeah, because the bone carver's like, I want the mirror. And Ferris yeah. comes back, and she's like, I don't want to get the mirror. Yeah, What's yeah, something yeah. else you want? Because I'm definitely not getting the mirror. I don't want to go cray-cray. Exactly. And the bone carver's like, well, what about your firstborn child? And Ray snaps his head over to Feyre, and he's like, oh my god, that's the child you saw? Oh, because that's what Durian. Feyre's like, ha-ha, yeah. And Reese like, speaks to her mind to mind, and he's like, I thought you said it was a random child. And she's like, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> was no random kid. That awkward moment when you accidentally see your firstborn child and you don't tell your partner. Yeah. Good looking kid, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've spoken about this before. Uh, the fan art of the bone cover by, I believe her name's Charlie Bowter. He just looks like he's going to grow up to be such an attractive man. Yes. Yes. They breed very good children. Exactly. Like, I feel like... If I bumped into Farrah and Reese's son, once he's grown up at the same age as us, I would fall in love instantly. Me too. And I'd be like, you're not actually 500 years old. Good on you. You'd have to get him at the right point, though. Yeah. Because he might look our age, but actually be like 200. Oh, well, I don't care. Wise people are wise. You're going for your more mature men. Yeah, I'm making excuses so I can date Reese and Farrah's kid. (laughs) Look, fair. Yeah. The bone cover is basically like, oh, no, that's all right. Like, just get me the mirror. I asked for the mirror and I'll fight for you. Simple. And Farrah's like, yeah, so easy. No worries. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So they leave and Reese is like, was that actually our child? And Farrah's like, yeah, let me show you. And mind to mind, she shows him. But it doesn't actually describe his reaction. I feel like he would have cried. Yeah. Imagine if he was like, God, ugly. <laughs> Where are my handsome jeans? I thought they, like, were transferred. Obviously not. Obviously, because he just looks like you, Feyre. Ugly. No, but I tell you what, again, the bone carver, if he was, like, at a wedding, I'm picturing him as, like, a ring boy for some reason, at a wedding, wearing a little bow tie with, like, the little rings, I would cry. He was just so cute. Oh, so cute. And then he'll get partnered up with a little flower girl and they'll both be, like, throwing flowers. Okay, hear me out. I would really like Tamlin to have a daughter, and I feel like it could be a little bit of, like, a forbidden love situation between Feyre and Reese's child and Tamlin and 
his future wife's Yes, child. yes. Like Lion King 2. Yeah, they made a second one. <laughs> like Scar. Did they? Yeah. And Scar's- Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I Scar's do know what nephew. you're talking about. <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing. I would love that. Sarah J. Maas, please listen to our podcast. <laughs> and please write this book. We need it. Or maybe, yes. like, can someone please write a fan fiction for us? And we will, we will legitimately review it on the podcast. Yes, send us a message on Instagram. Or send us a message on Instagram if you have any other theories. Or other, like, book ideas. Or email. Our email's always open. Yes, definitely. And we read all of it. So, Farah and Reese head back to the townhouse. And they come in. And Elaine's just happily making some bread. Yeah, there's flour everywhere. And Farah's like, oh, hey, you haven't eaten in weeks. Nice to see you cooking, though. What you doing with bread? <laughs> and Noala and Sarah Duen are there, too. And they're like, oh, Elaine was really hungry. And so we started making bread, but then Elaine wanted to join in. And Farah's like, oh, my God. Okay, well, we're going to go bathe. Um, You guys just stay there, make the bread. And she leaves, and she's, like, holding a hand to her chest. I think, like, you know when your heart aches that you're just so happy? Yeah. And Reese is like, yeah, that's how I felt that one time when we were having dinner in Valaris and you said that the food made you feel alive. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so cute. And it's such a nice little, like, simp moment. Oh, yeah. But it kind of gets, like, non-simpy. Yeah, he's, like, kind of talking mind to mind with Feyre, a bit suggestively, and they have the sex. But it's not a described sex scene. No, I think it's nice. It's just kind of casual now. Yeah, but also, like, I don't like it. Because if you're going to say they're having sex, you got to commit. I know, but I want them to save, like, the mind-blowing sex scenes for a little bit later on. Yeah, but still, you could have described, like, a little bit. Because you've given us chapter 55. There's no going back after you've written that for us. No, maybe Sarah J Maas was just a bit intimidated. She was like, wow, the last book was a hit. I better just not describe anything this time. Or maybe she was like, nothing can compare to chapter yeah, 55. that's true. Unless it's a threesome with Feyre, Reese, and Tarquin. <gasps> I would pay to read that. I don't know. I feel like Tarquin would not vibe with that, though. Well, if he's in love with one of them, it's going to work somehow. So there's kind of a little bit of a montage thing, but not really. And it kind of takes place over the next two days. Yes. So we get the sense that Feyre's been training with Azalot, learning how to fly... And we also learn that the High Lord meeting, where all the High Lords are going to come together and discuss this whole ally situation, is going to be at the Dawn Court. Yes. And so they're on their way to the meeting, and Feyre is wearing the pretty gown from Starfall. She is. It's absolutely stunning. But it's, like, refashioned a little bit, so it's new and fresh. Yeah, they're like, wow, you really like that material. <laughs> and she's like, I know. Also, I'm broke, because we're preparing for a war. <laughs> I mean, I still think Reese is rich, regardless of the war or not. Oh, obviously. But anyways, Feyre looks great, and even Cassian notices this, and he's glancing a lot at her. Yeah, and she's like, what? And he's like, you just look so... And Maul's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> and Cassian's like, like, official. Fancy. <laughs> and <laughs> Maul's like, over 500 years old, a skilled warrior, a general famous throughout the territories, and complimenting ladies is still something he finds next to impossible. Oh, it's so cute. But also, Cassian and Pharaoh have a relationship where if he's like, hey, you don't look bad, Pharaoh will be like, I feel sick. <laughs> I feel like, though, Cassian would be a complimenter. Yeah, but when it actually means something, I think he struggles right. a bit. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, a little awkward. He's like, y you look nice. He kind of becomes, like, a Tamlin, Tamlin 
Akita kind of vibe. Like, your, your hair, hair is clean. clean. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And Az is, like, laughing. And Cassian's like, I don't see you spouting poetry, brother. And Azra's like, I don't need to resort to it. Let oh. me tell you, this scene, I felt a little flushed in the face. Me too. Like, what is Az's technique to getting lovers? I think it's... That he goes out with Cassian, Cassian makes a fool of himself, and Azrael takes the girl. Strong, silent type? Yeah, and then the girl's like, oh my gosh, I thought Cassian was, like, great, but now he's sort of weird and, like, <laughs> thrusting on the dance floor, and Az is like, I know, sometimes he just does that. And then she'll, like, tell him her life story, and he'll be listening, and she'll be like, you're such a good listener, and Az and is just, just like, yeah, I guess I am. And then they have sex. <laughs> I actually love that. Yeah. I love it so much. It's always the quiet ones. Always. Mm-hmm. And it's not just Cassian that kind of notices how nice Pharaoh looks. No. Because as a more surprising turn of events, Nesta comes in and says to Pharaoh, you look beautiful. And I think Pharaoh almost cries. She's like, a compliment from Nesta? Yeah. She's like, first Elaine is baking bread and now my sister tells me that I don't look like crap. <laughs> With man hands? What? <laughs> And Moore's like, I think that's what Cassian was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> but Nestor also says that she is going to go with Feyre and Reese and the gang to the Dawn Court for the High Lords meeting. Yes. And Feyre's like, ooh, are you sure? And Nestor's like, yes, I don't want to be remembered as a coward. Yes. Good on Nestor. She yeah. She's taking a little bit of a turn. She is. She is. Because at the start, she was just reading about romance, but now she's just throwing herself into the fire. And then Reese offers Nesta the job of emissary to the human world. Because obviously Feyre is now like, hi lady, and she can't be an emissary anymore. No, she's got too much on her plate. And Nesta's like, yeah, all right, this can be a trial, but I I expect to be paid handsomely. And he's like, yeah, sure, I would expect nothing less from an archer on sister. <laughs> Love it. Imagine if Tamlin comes in and he's like, you should know how much I had to pay her family so that they'd be well taken care of. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Anyways, so on their way to kind of like organizing it and everything, the inner circle kind of placed bets on when there will be a fight, like how far into the meeting there will be a fight that takes place. Yeah, I think like Cassian starts it and then more chips in and Reese is like, this is such inappropriate behaviors, but I'm betting 50 marks in the first 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and everyone looks at Feyre and she's like, Reese and I are a team. He can gamble away all our money. Honestly, it's on him. I'm yeah. not having any puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, obviously, they're all getting ready to winnow to the Dawn Court, and Reese and Feyre are getting ready to winnow, but before they actually take off, they notice something. So we have, like, a beautiful Nesta and Cassian moment. And Moore goes to take Cassian's arm to winnow, but he goes over to Nesta, and he's like, hello, Nesta. And Reese like, pauses the winnowing for a second. He's like, I want the tea. Would love to hear it. And she's like, so you're alive. And Cassian's like, were you hoping otherwise? And Nesta's like, you didn't come to... And then stops herself. And it's described as the world goes utterly still, just in this interrupted sentence. And he's scanning her face as if, like, reading a battle report. And then Cassian takes Nesta's hands and interlaces their fingers as he blindly reaches behind him to grab Moore's hand to winnow them out. And his eyes don't leave Nesta's at all. They're just, like, intense eye contact. And he says, next time, Emissary, I'll come say hello. What do we think happened? Okay, I have a theory. 
I think we have the same theory. I think I told you about this theory. And, and I you, agreed. You jumped on board. You were like, yeah. let's go down yeah. this theory. It's this theory or nothing. However, I'm not fully convinced yet. I am. My theory is that Loki, the mating bond, just snapped into place between the two of them. Yes. I love it. And I'm also like, oh, all right. Like, Feyre's got Reese, and then Reese's brother, Cassian, is with Nesta. Like, great double dates and stuff, but still. But I yeah. also love it because... Usually the mating bond snaps into place for one person and then the other. So it would be so fascinating to think that both of them, it snapped into place at the same time. Yeah, look, I'd really like it. I think more than anything, I just want there to be a mating bond between the two of them. Yeah. I think there will be eventually. Yeah, surely. Because why else would they just stare at each other? I think it's just like they haven't seen each other in a while and it's just like intense sexual tension. Maybe. hear me out. We all know A Court of Silver Flames is coming out in February. Yes. And that book is about Nestor and Cassian. Yeah. So either I think this was the mating bond moment, but I'd also really love to see the mating bond snap into place when we're getting their perspectives. Or, you know what? What? Maybe it snapped into place for Nestor, but not Cassian. <gasps> Imagine. <gasps> I really, really want that. I really want that because she'll be, like, fighting it. And Cassian will be like, why are you so, like, highly strung? Relax. And inside she's like, he's my mate. But on the outside she's like, your hair is stinky. Like, stay away from me. (laughs) So that happens and they all just winnow out. Yes. And so they arrive at the Dawn Court finally. And Reese and Feyre are actually talking mind to mind. And Reese is, like, looking at her. And I think it's Reese's time to be, like, your hair looks clean. So Reese says, tonight, I want you to wear that crown on your head and only that crown on your head. Yes, because earlier she picked out a crown from, like, the family trove or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And Reese is like, it's all yours. And she's like, not really. And he's like, no, it is. Yeah, because you're my high lady. Exactly. So she picks out one, she puts it on. She's like, this is really cool. So she's wearing a crown now. Last time, we were discussing Feyre's, like, I want to paint you, Reese, And he's like, nude would be best. And we're like, lol, Titanic inspo right there. This scene, I want you to wear that crown to bed and only that crown. If that, she's <laughs> definitely drawing from the Titanic. I want to have a movie night with Sarah J Maas. I think she would pick the best movies. It'll be like Titanic, Romeo and Juliet, Love Actually. Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast. Like a bit of Harry Potter <laughs> in there, because why not? Because there's the eye thing that Lucian has. So she must have a thing for Mad-Eye Moody. And just a bit of Twilight, just to throw it in there. Oh, and also How's Moving Castle. I haven't seen that. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. It's one of the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Ghibli movies. Sarah said before, in one of her interviews, I think, that that movie inspired Feyre and Reese's first meeting. We have to watch it. So they arrive into this big chamber thing, and there's this really beautiful male, and he's surrounded by peregrines. Like birds, like a hawk. (laughs) Yeah. But a peregrine. Yeah, like a little one. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of get the sense that the peregrines aren't, like, <laughs> literal peregrines. They're like the Illyrians, but with feathered wings, I think. Yeah, instead of bat wings. They're like another breed of the Seraphim, I yeah. think. Which, if you remember back, Asriel told Feyre the story of Nefel. Yes. With the baby Nemo <laughs> wing. <laughs> yeah. Same kind of breed as that a little bit more different. Yeah, not baby Nemo wing. And these peregrines make up Thesan's aerial legion. And the one standing slightly to Thesan's left is not only the captain of the aerial legion, but also his lover. However, 
There's no mating bond yet. The Dawn Court welcomes them, and then another male called Callius walks in, and he is the High Lord of the Winter Court, and he comes in with this other woman, who's also gorgeous, obviously. Yes. And Moore sees this lady... (laughs) And they just, like, look at each other and scream and yeah, they, like, to each freak other. out. <laughs> yeah. And all the males in the room are like, oh, my God. And they're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. <gasps> you cut your hair. Oh, my God, that coat looks fabulous. And everyone's like, Ma, where is this coming from? We thought you were a woman, not, like, a frat girl. Yeah. And I think the others are like, um, please, this is a serious meeting. And they're like, uh, stop. Yeah, we're talking about a war here, more and Moore's like, no, let me ask her where she got her nails done. <laughs> exactly. So we find out that her name is Vivian, and she is Callius's wife, and Moore's in shock. And also that they're mates, and Moore's like, oh my god, you're mates? My bestie found a mate? Apparently. So obviously that's happened relatively recently. Yeah. We love that. And then Helion comes in, who is High Lord of the Day Court. And he mentions Feyre being High Lady. I think he asks if Tamlin knows that Reese has made Feyre High Lady. And Vivian's like, I want to be High Lady. Vivian's like, uh, Callius, what are you at? Can you up your game? Yeah. I want to be High Lady. You only made me Lady. I want a full-on High Lady. Maul's like, yeah, Callius, what are you doing? Upgrade my gal. That's right. And then we find out a bit more about Callius and Vivian's love story. Yes, it's super cute. They might be one of my favourite couples in the whole book. Yes! Maybe second to Nestor and Cassian. Yeah, I think they just have so much cute passion, and I think I really miss reading of it, because all of Sarah J Masters is, like, huge sexual tension. Sometimes I just miss the wanting and just, like, oh, daydreaming about each other and just pining. I love pining. I know you do. I made a TikTok about kind of about this. Either way, I really want a novella on Callius and Vivian. Yeah. Anyway, this is their story. So Vivian was not under the mountain. So her and Callius were childhood friends and he was always protective of her. And he'd placed her on border duty for decades just so she was kind of out of the scheming nature of court. That ultimately meant that she wasn't near Amaranth or anything. Yeah. Amarantha never found out that Callius has loved Vivian his whole life. So Vivian is the Valaris to Callius. No. Oh, she's the equivalent of Valaris. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And the Ferris probably they're like, Valaris? You love Valaris? <laughs> they even start me. with the same V. Yeah, Valaris and Vivian. True. <laughs> and so in those last moments that Callius felt his powers being ripped away from him, he flung out the remnants of it to warn her and he told Vivian that he loved her and begged for her to protect their people. So she did for all those years that he was under the mountain. That's so sweet. But also, do you think Callius and Reese are under the mountain? And then Callius is like, yeah, when Amarantha was about to like close everything up, I just like, I flung the last bit of my powers. And then Reese is like, oh, nice, nice, nice. What did you save? And then he's like, Vivian. And then he's like, what did you save? And Reese is like, <laughs> Valaris. Cal's just like, wrong choice, but okay. <laughs> I don't think they were friends under the mountain, though. I think Reese did some bad stuff and Callie's hated him. Yeah, but if they were bros, they would have talked about oh, it. Oh, 100%. So Vivian protected them for all those years he was under the mountain. And during this time, she realizes what Callie's was to her and that she returned his feelings. Mm. Super cute. So cute. And when he finally returned home, he just winnowed straight to her. 
and she kissed him before he could say anything and just right then he knelt down and proposed to her. Oh my gosh, it's so sweet. And then an hour later, they got married and that night when they were like consummating their marriage, the mating bond snapped into place. That's just the perfect little love story. It's so cute. I know. If they had kids, they'll be like, tell us about it, and they'll tell them, and the kids will be like, this gives us unrealistic expectations of marriage and mateship. I want a novella about that so badly. Me too. All the pining and all the thinking. So, obviously, that's a very sweet story, and everyone's like, oh, so cute. Well, this is just more Feyre and... Vivian gossiping while they wait for the others to arrive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so finally, the others arrive. So Tarquin arrives first, and then Baron arrives with his wife and sons, and then Thaisen begins the meeting. Yes. He's like, alrighty, pretty much everyone's here, let's start. And he's like, so today we've gathered here, and then someone else walks in. Yes. Good old Tamlin. Tamlin the tool. He is the tool. Tampon Tamlin. (laughs) So it's kind of really awkward and Tamlin's being such a dick and he's like blaming Reese for the whole Highburn situation. He's like, if you didn't steal Feyre, I wouldn't have to resort to making bargains with Highburn and stuff. Yeah, he's being super egotistical. Exactly. And everyone's like, oh my god, Tamlin, sit down, stop. But Tamlin's super... Riled up. Yeah, he's setting out with a purpose to embarrass Feyre. And confront her. Yeah, he's definitely planned this. He's like, before I go in on time, I'm just going to quickly think about exactly what I'm going to say to Feyre and exactly. then go in. He scripted it all. He's he so is. ready for it. He is. And I think Reese is like, calm down. She left on her own free will. Yada yada. Yeah. And then Tamlin says he's famous asshole line. He does. So he says to Reese in front of all the high lords and the wives and the brothers and just like all the elements of the earth. He says, when you fuck her, have you ever noticed that little noise she makes right before she climaxes? No, because it's a big noise when Reese does. <laughs> yeah. Reese is like, have you ever brought down a mountain, buddy? <laughs> Tam was like, no, but I've like ruined my entire house and thrown stuff. Oh, Tam. Yeah. Also, this kind of reminds me of like, it's the same kind of mannerism, I guess, in the summer court when Reese is like, yes, her breasts are are rather magnificent, or whatever the line is. Yeah. I feel like it's a very similar kind of embarrassing her in front of the whole group. Yeah, except this is really, really private. Like, Reese saying, like, about Feyre's breasts is to embarrass Tarquin, because Feyre's not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, Feyre didn't do anything. But Tamlin doing this really puts Feyre in a really low spot in front of everyone else. It does, especially when she's trying to come across as... Someone with, I guess, political power. Yes, she's the high lady. She's new as a high lady, and this is kind of the first time that she's presented in front of everyone. Reese is trying his best to be like, all right, I'm going to perch next to you. Like, I'm going to listen to you. We're a united front. And then Tamlin's just like, oh, you moan so loud. Yes, he's making her seem just like a plaything, really. Exactly. Making her seem like exactly how she was presented with Kier at the Court of Nightmares. Hmm. And he kind of just makes some other comments and Azrael's like, watch it. Which is surprising because I never thought Azrael would be the one to step in. Yeah, I guess he has a soft spot for Feyre now. After all those training sessions. Yeah, true. (laughs) They're buddies, they're besties. Yeah, he's like, we've touched wings. I think that's very intimate. (laughs) He's like, we're besties. Yeah. For the resties. Yeah. Until deathsies. (laughs) Until deathsies. And Cassie's like, I want a cool lingo like that (laughs) with you. 
No, I think Cassie wants it with Feyre. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, he'll grab anyone. So he'll be like, like, Elaine, Elaine, uh, we're cool. <laughs> At school. In the pool. And Elaine's like, I don't swim. <laughs> Cassian. <laughs> She's like, please yeah. leave. And Nesta's like, stay away from my sister. You're freaking her out. <laughs> so there's a bit more drama after that between the High Lords. Because the other High Lords are like, can we even trust you, Resand? You've been a real jerk in the past. Yeah. Why are you trying to be nice all of a sudden? Callius is especially not happy with Reese because he remembers under the mountain, Reese stood next to Amarantha while she slaughtered the children from the Winter Court, which is his court. Yeah, I think it was like a dozen of them. Yeah. And that's such a big move because I think in Prithian, or just with the Fae in general, children are rare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously really cherished. Yeah. And so tensions resolve, and Helian's like, all right, let's move on for now. Yes. Tamlin, prove that you stand against Highburn, because if we remember, he was doing some sketchy stuff at the end of the last book. He was besties for the rest of his until death sees with the King of Highburn. Yes. So he they're was. all a little bit wary of him at this point. Yep. And Tamlin's like, yeah, okay, well, I bought this stack of papers with me, and it's got charts of armies, ammunition. It's got caches of Feybane, etc., etc. Yeah, he bought some receipts, James Charles style. Exactly. He was prepared. Yeah. Bring um, me a little water. <laughs> Bring me a little water, Tarquin. <laughs> Anyways. So Tamlin's kind of nasty a bit more. He's just like really having a dig yeah. at Feyre. And it's a bad dig, too. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I remember it being bad. And Reese uses his powers to take away Tamlin's ability to speak. And all the High Lords, I guess it kind of clicks for them. They're like, I knew Reese was powerful, but I didn't realise he was that powerful. Yes, and that resourceful where he could do that. Because no one really thinks, they're like, oh yeah, mind control. But he could literally get you to do whatever he wants. Reese is the most powerful High Lord to ever exist. That's right. And I think they're kind of just realising this now. Exactly. And for him to be like equal status to everyone else, so they might have forgotten a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But he reminded them. Yes, he did. After Tamlin shut the hell up. Tarquin takes this opportunity to kind of ask why the Night Court came to the Summer Court's aid when they were under attack. Yeah. And Reese is like, well, isn't that what friends do? And Tarquin is like, okay, well, I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking back the blood rubies. And Ren's like, no! <laughs> well, I think Cassian's like, you can have a real hard time taking it off Amran. Yeah. And Varian's just like, smiling to himself. <laughs> And I think Eris makes kind of some kind of snarky comment and Maul's like, good to know you haven't changed in all these years. And Eris says, well, good to know that after 500 years, you still dress like a slut. He was kind of less of a jerk in the Court of Nightmares last time we saw him. Yeah. I take it back. He's a big jerk now. He is. It's in front of his daddy. He's like, oh, I need yeah. to be able to look like I can hold my ground. Still not cool. No. We don't stand that. Not cool. And you know who else can't really stand it? Asriel. Yes. Asriel literally pounces on Eris. He does. He attacks him. He is unleashed, like, out of control, like, punching him, just, like, shaking him. Like, everything is just... He's like a beast. He is. And Cassian's like, shit. And he gets up to stop him. But Asriel's put this big shield up and no one can get past. Yeah. And Rhysand's like... Rhysand? <laughs> Wow, we're not friends anymore. And Reese is like, Asriel, stop. But Asriel's like just going at it. And Feyre rises from her seat and she walks over to the end of the shield, places a hand on it, and she says, come, Asriel. And he just stops. And she's like, 
have a seat next to me. And he goes and sits next to her. The others are like, what? And she's like, they're my family. I don't even have words. I think this is also a really great moment for Pharaoh, though. Like, very defining in this particular meeting. Yeah. Like, the High Lord of the Night Court tried to stop Azrael, but Pharaoh has authority within yes. the Night Court. And she's the one who's able to stop him. Oh, such a... I love it. ...monumental moment. And so, Azrael's now sat next to Pharaoh, and as we remember, a few hours back, the Night Court made a little bet game yeah. about how far into the meeting will a fight start. Exactly. And we find out that the other courts have also got the same idea. Yeah. Because Helion looks at one of the people in his court and smirks and goes, you owe me 10 gold marks. <laughs> Bless. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And also at this moment, Thesand invites someone called Nuan in. And she's a bit of like a tailor, like a mechanic situation, yeah. I think. And we find out she's actually the one who made Lucian's eye. But the reason she's important now is because she has a solution for Feybane. Which can disable your powers. Exactly. And I think it's like a little antidote kind of situation. Talmon's like, I'm not taking that. And they're like, well, <laughs> you don't have to. That's on you. And Eris says, I will take it. The others agree, I think. But Baron is like, I'm not taking it. The mortals aren't even worth risking ourselves for. Baron. I know. He's a real jerk. Yeah. And I think Cassian might try and give Baron some orders about the armies. Yeah. Like, he gives a suggestion for what the Autumn Court army should do. Yeah. But Baron says, I don't take orders from the bastards of lesser fey whores. I tell you what, though. The men of the Autumn Court are dishing out those insults. They are. They're what are so they got? degrading. Well, they got fire in their veins and they're just like <laughs> letting it loose now, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I'm so glad Lucian didn't take after them. Me too. Lucian's a sweet boy. He might be one of my favourite characters in the whole series. Yeah, he's probably more like his mum. Obviously, this comment to Cassian is absolutely unacceptable and it's degrading on so many levels. Yeah. And someone else can't tolerate this. Nesta! Nesta! And she's like, well, at least he's willing to step in and defend those who need it most. That's right. You go, wifey. And then Baron continues to dish it out. Yeah, he's like one of those tiny little round robot uh, cleaning things where it's like, oh, going to this corner. Yeah, the Roombas. And they're like, this corner didn't work. Oh, I'm just going to go to the other end of the house and see if I could do that. And then it just <laughs> doesn't work and they just like die down. Anyway, Baron makes a jab at Reese and mentions something about him being Amarantha's whore. Again. It's an old joke. Come on, guys. At least be more creative. Yeah. Come up with something new. Yeah. We've all heard it before. That's right. And Feyre is pissed. And, I mean, they decided before the meeting that Feyre was going to keep her powers under wraps. Yeah. Well, Feyre just goes off at Baron. She blasts all this fire into him and then she forms this water bubble around him with no air or anything. So he's starting to, like, choke a little, I guess. Yeah. And then she blasts the fire at the bubble of water again so it, like, evaporates into steam. And then she gets this bright white light and blasts it into him again. It's just a quadruple whammy. Yeah, she's just throwing everything at him. Yeah. And Reese kind of stops her and he's like, it's okay, don't worry. I've heard it all before, really. It's not that much of an insult. And she stops eventually and... Everyone is shook. Everyone's looking at her like, oh, I see why you made a high lady. Yeah. Yeah, super overwhelming. And Baron is mad. He's super mad. And also he was probably feeling really embarrassed. Yeah. But I think he's more mad that Beira has his powers. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, now everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice try, guys. You didn't go about covering that up very well. Yeah, Farrah, you had one job and you did not succeed. Yeah, and they're like, Tamlin, did you know about this? And he's like, oh, it was none of your business, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> and Baron's, I guess he's, yeah, he's humiliated and he's like, this meeting is over. And Nesta's like, no, it's not. And she kind of just tells her story a little bit, kind of as a call to arms for the other High Lords to ally with them in fighting against the King of Highburn. Yes. Baron just ends up leaving because he's a jerk. But Vivian stands up and she's like, I will fight with you. Yeah. And so does Crusader. And then so these two women just look at their High Lords like, mm, <laughs> come on, men. Do you want to say something? And then the men are like, oh, yep, yep, we're going to, uh, we'll be allies. Yep, <laughs> yeah, what she said. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I feel like it's real woman power. Yeah, it's very empowering. Love that. Yeah. So they kind of end the meeting and Reese is like, six out of seven, that's not bad. Because obviously Baron was like, I'm out of there. Yeah, they were like, we thought it was going to be Tamlin, but it turned out to be Baron. Yeah. So that night, Thesan is like, you guys can stay if you want. And Reese is like, yeah, I got more to chat about. Let's stay the night. Yeah, it's a High Lord sleepover. Yes. I want to be at that sleepover. Me too. I want to sneak into Tarquin's room and be like, <laughs> I just wanted to take a swim. <laughs> I got my bathers on. You love Tarquin. I love Tarquin. I feel like you and Tarquin would be really compatible. Really? Yeah, really. Oh my gosh. I think yeah. you and Lucian would be really compatible. Really? I love that for me. Yeah. I love that for us. I do have other preferred men in this series, though, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I haven't got enough fire for Cassian. And I feel like Asriel... I think you could totally be with Asriel. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know as much as I love Asriel, like, but I don't know if he was a real person. I don't know if I would be attracted to him. I think you really would be. Really? Because yeah. I usually go for the louder, like, more outgoing guys. Yeah, but yeah, but I think you'd enjoy him coming out of his shell. And then everything oh, yeah. is exciting to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice. actually, yes, yeah. I love that. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so the inner circle are staying the night, and Reese and Farrah hear a knock at the door, and it's Helion. And he comes in, and he's like, hey pals, what's up? And then he kind of turns to Moore, and he's like, have you, you know, considered my offer? And Farrah's really confused, and I think mind to mind, Reese is like, yeah, so he's been trying to have like a foursome with more. Cassian and Asriel and himself for <laughs> the longest time. Oh, Farrah's like, I'll join. Yes, well, I think she's like, damn. And Reese is like, would you like someone else to join us in bed? I feel like you'd really appreciate two men worshipping you. So they're kind of chatting and stuff, and I can't remember what it is, but Farrah's like, oh, you and the Lady of the Order kind of seem buddy-buddy. And he's like, yeah, well, Here's what's up. And we find out that years ago, the Lady of the Autumn Court was sent to stay with her sisters, but Highburn attacked their estate and Healy ended up saving her and they had an affair that lasted for decades, just yeah. on and off. And when Baron found out, he was really not happy. No. And as the timelines all match up, Feyre takes a closer look at Helion. And she's like, oh my god. You're Lucian's biological father. Yes, and she says something to Reese about it, and he's like, what have you just worked out? And she's like, Helion is Lucian's father. And he's like, oh my god. Like, in their mind bond. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine Reese being, like, fangirly, but I totally can in this instant. Like, Reese and Farrah just looking at him like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then on the inside, they're like, they're like oh screaming. my god, my god. <laughs> 
in real life, they're both like, yeah, uh, foursome, yeah, absolutely. Mm, yeah, not happy. <laughs> no, they're probably like, yeah, such a pity what happened to the lady of the Orden Court. That really sucks, yeah. Mm, mm, darn, I'm so uh-huh. sorry about that. Too bad you're in love with her. But anyways. <laughs> then Nesta comes in, and Helian sees her, and he's like, hi, I'm... And she's like, I don't care, I'm so sorry. And Cassian's like, oh my god, I'm here for this. And yeah. just like... He's cracking himself up. He thinks it's hilarious. Cassian's like, good, I'm not the only one she's mean to. Exactly. I think he's more like, thank God Nesta is not interested. Yeah. Because I think he'd have a bit of a sad boy hour if she was. He is so simpy. He is. But Nesta's like, we need to leave right now. And Farrah's like, what's going on? And Cassian's like, are you okay? And she's like, something is wrong. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm sure it's fine. Just go to bed. It'll be all right. Yeah. And so later that night, Feyre tells Reese that while she was back at the Spring Court Palace, she actually looked for the wings of Reese's mother and sister, but she found out that Tamlin actually burnt them out of, I guess, shame or guilt. Yeah, I think he mentioned that he really regretted what he did. Yep. So obviously, Reese is super emotional about it because I'm sure he thinks about it, you know, in his free time. He probably thinks about his mother and sister every day. Yeah, you would. Yeah. And so finding this out is emotional. And I feel like it's just a bit of, not relief, but it's like, okay, I know what's happening now. There's no use looking for it or, like, pining over it. I feel like it's a bit of closure. Yeah, definitely a lot of closure. And so they're kind of, I guess, falling asleep or just settling down in yes. bed. And, you know, Feyre and Reese in a bed. Like, even before they were properly together, they were getting some smexy times on. Yes. But Feyre was like, I just thought I'd mention... Um, <laughs> By the way, don't know what's going to happen now, but just a little disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. I can't have sex with you tonight because I can't have sex under the same roof as Tamlin, my ex. She just feels really uncomfortable. And I think she's still also a little bit... She still feels a little bit attached to Tamlin. Yeah. Despite what he did. Like, obviously, he's still, you know, like with any ex. Like, even though you may not be in love with them now, there's still a small spot in your heart for them. Yeah, and a part of your personality is shaped by your experience with them. And, like, she was going to marry Tamlin. Mm -hmm. She was so in love with him. Yeah. And obviously, you know, (laughs) things got real bad real quick there. They did. Yeah, so she says this to Reese, and Reese is like, that's absolutely fine. And he just, like, holds her and they sleep. How cute. Little spooning. So the next day, we see Helian coming out of Moore's room, and Farrah's like, hey... But then kind of realises Moore looks horrid. Yeah, like, she's got bags under her eyes. She's just absolutely terrible. Yeah, they're not designer bags. <laughs> no, they're not. And Tamlin's still being salty about Feyre destroying his court. Tamlin, get over it. It's just your court. Well, <laughs> to be fair, that's like... That's like someone coming into our government and just taking down the whole of our state. <laughs> that's true. He can be a bit mad about it. I'll he, give him that. Yeah, he has a right to be salty, I think. Yeah. But, like... You've said what you needed to say. Moving on. That's right. And so during Tamlin's Salty Friday moment... His little salt fest. Yeah. Nesta starts to feel really, really physically bad. I think she vomits into the little reflection pool off the side of the room. Yeah. And everyone's like... But then there's this huge blast and, like, the room's shuddering and stuff and... You know, it's not a vibe. No. Reese like, dives over Feyre and he's like, I'm gonna protect you. Yeah. It's super dramatic. Yeah. There's, like, all this debris and dust. Like, everything's really just... It's a mess. A huge mess. And Nestum and Feyre make the connection that the King of Highburn has just used the cauldron to attack the wall. 
and he successfully destroyed it. Yes. That's super not great. No, because they were definitely not ready for that. No. All the Hylos are like, we just had a meeting. They're like still midway through negotiations. Yeah, they're like still joking about how Baron's a little bitch boy. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, oh my gosh, can you believe what Tamla said about Feyre? Like, exactly. Like gossiping. Now is not the time yeah. for a wall to be destroyed. Exactly. And Tarquin's probably sitting there in his room sweating like, how am I going to take the blood rubies back from Amron? Oh my god, I'm so stressed. And then this wall just comes down and he's like, never mind. <laughs> There's other things to worry yeah. about here. Yes. So I think they head back to Valaris because, you know, they've got stuff to do there. Yeah. And Elaine's like, well, why don't we try and protect all the humans and move them to Grayson's estate? All right, Elaine, real smooth. You just want to check on your boy. Who's not even a boy anymore, really. No. <laughs> So's Elaine. That's right. And she's like, I can speak to him. Just put a glamour on me and we can we can work this out. Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't have any better idea. Let's do it. Yeah. And then so before this, Feyre actually goes to Amryn's apartment and asks about this creature that she met in the library when her and Nesta were attacked a bit earlier on. Yes, and I think Feyre has a bit of a plan in her head. Yeah. And Amron tells Feyre that its name is Bryaxis, and Feyre's like, awesome, I know the name of my new bestie. Yeah. And she heads over to the library, and she goes down, and she talks to Bryaxis, and she's like, want to make another bargain? And it's like, what's up? And she's like, I want you to fight with me in this war. And Bryaxis is like, okay, well, I'd really like to see the sunlight and the moonlight. And Feyre's like, you want a window? And it's like... Yeah, I do. And she's like, okay, bet. It's a deal. Yeah, cool. And Braxis is like, thank you so much for that. <laughs> I honestly love Braxis so much. Like, it's this thing yeah. that mutilated these King of Highburn ravens. Yeah. But then it's like, I'd really like you to send me some company. Also, I'd like, uh, I'd like a nice little window. I think they're so cute. They don't even realize it. Like, Braxis is like, I just want to, like, see them stars. And then, I just want someone to talk to. Yeah, and Cyril's like, I just want some new clothes. Like, I don't even care if they're secondhand. Like, all of them are just, like, little house elves from Harry Potter. They're like, I want a sock. I want a window. I do. Aww. Oh, bless. I love them. I think they really make this story. I know. I love them, too. So I think on the way to Grayson's estate, they first go to the Illyrian war camp. Yes. And Devlon looks at Nesta, and he's like, what is that? And Cassian's like, that is none of your concern. <laughs> And he's like, is that a witch? And Nesta's like, yes. Stay away from me. <laughs> exactly. And I'm pretty sure everyone in the Illyrian war camp, like, flinches. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Cassian's like, she's not a witch. She's kidding. Please don't be alarmed. She's literally just a high fae. And Nesta's like, I'm that witch. Still that witch. <laughs> Forever gonna be that <laughs> witch. <laughs> and um, basically, people are not vibing with Nesta. No. But they've got things to do. Yes. And Feyre and her sisters head off to the war tent with more and more glamours Elaine. Yes. So Elaine looks more human now. Ready to see her boy, who's not actually her boy. Yes. So they go to the human lands. They, like, do a little knock, knock, knock. And whilst they're waiting, Nesta and Feyre are kind of talking. And Nesta's like, I actually cannot deal with small spaces. I can't even use a bathtub anymore because of what happened with the cauldron. And Azrael's like... Are we twins? <laughs> because I hate small spaces. Oh my god, he... Oh, bless. Yeah. Maybe they'll bond. I Maybe hope they, they will bond. bond. I'd love that. And I just feel really bad for Nesta because she says she has to use buckets to wash herself. 
Like, she just cannot make herself get in that bathtub because she's so traumatized by the cauldron. Oh, my gosh, the poor Nesta. gal. But I like how she opened up to Feyre. I do like how we get a bit more of a view into Nesta because she's such a... We really don't know what she's thinking. She puts up a really cold front, too. So you yes. think that she really doesn't care about anything and she's fine. So to let her let Feyre in about this vulnerability that she has is actually a really big deal. We love it. We Good do. progress. Mm-hmm. So Lord Nolan comes out, who is... Grayson's father. And he's like, what do you want? And Elaine's like, please, we want to help the humans. Yada, yada, yada. Because apparently Elaine has a personality now. Wow. She hasn't said anything for most of the book. And now she's like, I'm the face of this movement. Yeah. She's like, I had some bread. Now I'm good. I feel good. Bread does really improve people's moods. Yes, it does. Especially homemade bread. Yes. And Nolan's like, well, I would believe you if it weren't for the fact you were lying to me. Right to my face. Whoops. And they're like, what do you mean? And then Jurian comes out of the estate. Jurian, stop being such a gossip queen. He's everywhere. He is. And despite Jurian coming out, Nolan's still like, you're disgusting. I hate you. And Grayson's out now and he's like, you gotta calm down, bro. You take a chill pill. You're coming off a little strong. <laughs> yeah. This is embarrassing. Calm yourself. Yeah. And Jurian's like, no, I actually want to be on your side. And Reese is like, what? I literally don't understand you, Jurian. <laughs> Everyone is so confused. Yeah. But Jurian's like, I was expecting you to look into my mind and see the truth. Why didn't you look? And Reese's like, I didn't want to see Amarantha in there. And Jurian's like, I don't care about Amarantha. <laughs> no, but like, mind you, he stayed as like the finger and the eye. Amarantha was his life for like 500 years. True. And maybe Reese didn't want to be like, I didn't want to see myself naked. Oh. Yeah. He didn't want to see them doing the deed. Yeah. Ooh. But, like, with himself. Like, that's weird. You Ooh, know? So yeah. he's like, yeah, Pharaoh, you go for it. <laughs> and Pharaoh's like, well, what was the whole dealio with Miriam and Dracon? And he's like, I don't even want to find them out of revenge. I literally just want to find them and beg for their forgiveness. Yes. And everyone's super confused because... One, we've heard so many stories about Durian. Like, everyone's heard stories about him. And he's always come off as this guy that's like, he needs to hunt them down. So it's probably going to take a little while to settle on the fact that Durian actually was just trying to apologize and that he actually had a conscience. But also, like, he's literally been the King of Highburn's right-hand man through all of this. Yeah. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what an underdog. And he's probably like, I thought Hybe was going to, like, take me where I needed to go, but he's just He's pro Hybe. Yeah, he's pro Hybe. And he's like, I think he's just focused on destroying the entire universe, and he has no time for me and my little, like, teenage romance apology thing. So I'm a skedaddle. <laughs> However, Durian tells them that straight after that High Lord meeting, Tamlin just went straight to the King of Highburn, and he tells them Highburn's plans. Yes. He's also like, by the way, don't know if you know, but the sixth queen, Vassa, isn't actually dead. Yeah. And Moore's like, yeah, we know. But Durian still tells us a little bit more, and he's like, Vassa apparently saw through him from the start, and she warned the others. She's like, he ain't up to good stuff. The reason they couldn't actually kill Vassa is because the person who's next in line for her throne is far more willful. So they're like, okay, I guess we're going to find this old death lord. And, you know, he placed the curse on her and stole her away. And that was that. Rude. Yes. Elaine finally gets to talk to Grayson at this point. She does. And she's kind of like, I'm so sorry, Grayson, my baby. I didn't mean to deceive you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Grayson's father's like, I find that hard to believe. And Grayson's like, dad, please butt out of it. Grayson's like, this is my romance. This is my girlfriend. Exactly. And he's like, I heard you belong to another male now. Your mate, Lucian. 
And Elaine's like, I don't belong to anyone. My heart belongs to you. And Grayson's like, well, I don't want it. I feel sorry for Elaine. I really, Elaine's probably the character I hate most in the whole series, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like she's just such a bland character. Like, I prefer the King of Highburn over... Really? (laughs) I prefer Grayson over Elaine. Yeah, because Grayson actually stood up to his dad. He has personality. I just feel like Elaine doesn't. Either way... I do feel bad for her because that would be absolutely heartbreaking. Yes. And then we kind of switch back again. So at this stage, we're kind of looking at two different conversations. The yep. conversations between Feyre, Reese, more just like the inner circle and Durian, and then also like Elaine and her relationship drama off yeah, the other side. for High Lords and then for like kind of humans. Yeah, exactly. And Grayson's like, take that ring off in regards to Elaine's engagement ring. And she's like, no. Yeah. And he's basically just like screaming at her. He's like, take it off. And Reese is like, okay, first of all, you gave it to her. It's her ring. She's going to keep it. But just for, you know, future information, um, women usually preferred gold or silver, not iron. <laughs> yeah, you cheap asshole. Because Reese knows women. Yes, he does. Yeah, Grayson's, like, being a bit rude to Elaine. And Nesta's like, you're a jerk. And just backhands him across the face. Amazing. Because Nesta's like, finally, a human that I can defeat. I can't get any of the Fae, no. but I'm going to go straight for Grayson, who she yeah. never really liked anyway, to be fair. Exactly. She's like, this is my chance. Cha. So true. And so this kind of resolves that tension because Nesta's like, this is it. Oh, good. We've sorted it out. Oh, well. So then Durian dishes in on the insider gossip about Hyben's plans. And he told Cassian, you need to hammer the left flank really hard tomorrow because those are where the most untrained soldiers are of the King of Highburn. Exactly. So thanks so much, Durian. Him and Feyre kind of chat a little bit as well. And Durian's like, the reason I kind of decided to trust you is because of what you did to Dagden and Branagh. Feyre's like, I didn't do it for the glory. I just did it for them. And he's like, I know. And that's exactly why I'm trusting you. I want to know more about Durian. I want to know more about what's going on in his head. Yeah, me too. I think Reese does too. I think every few seconds, Reese just like checks in and he's like, nah, it's still too weird in there. I'm just going to check back <laughs> I'm <out>. later. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so they all head up to the north border of the Winter Court. A little bit shook about what just happened. Like, they're still like, Durian? Really? Yeah. But Elaine is like super in her feels. She's like, the love of my life. And Nesta's like, calm down, I slapped him for you, what are you complaining about? <laughs> so the next day, it turns out that Durian was actually right about Highburn's positioning. I don't know a lot about wars, but I think that little mini pre-war before is called a skirmish. Yes. Anyway, Cassie and Azrael and Reese are at the front lines, and they're, like, fighting and stuff, and I think the gals are up on this cliff watching. And Cassian's at the front, and he's, like, chopping people down left, right, and centre. Yeah. He's barreling through them. He is. And is watching, and she's like, this is the person who trained me? <laughs> oh, oh, my lord. I feel so impressed. She was very impressed. Yeah. And Feyre's, like, scanning the horizon. She's like, who else can I see from my little... Balcony. Viewing platform. Yeah. She says Tarquin. She's like, oh. My man Tarquin, what's up? And she's like watching him and she's like, I don't understand what he's doing. And then she realizes Tarquin is drowning people on dry land. Oh. I don't know how he does it. Does he use, because humans are made up of like 70% water, aren't they? Yeah. Is he using the water inside the people to drown them? That's terrifying. That is terrifying. I but- might be more scared of Tarquin than Amarin. I feel like I could get on Amarin's good side with like <laughs> some blood rubies. Yeah, but also I feel like you can't even control it because it's your body. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. So scary. But good on Tarquin. And I think Farrah's like, oh my gosh, watching all these high lords do their thing gives me inspiration about like, what I'm I could so do. like, I'm so inspired. I could yeah. use this in the future. And also during the fighting, Nesta rocks up and she's watching Cassian as well. She's like, 
hardcore eye contacting him, I think. Not glaring, but like staring holes into his head. She's like super focused on him. Yeah, I think she's both anxious and kind of turned on. (laughs) She's like, that is one sexy man. Oh, yeah. I would also feel the same. So that night they're all in kind of a tent and stuff and they're like exhausted. And then Cassian walks in and Nesta like jumps to her feet and she's like, you're hurt. And Reese is like, you're what now? You know better than to be hurt and keep on fighting. And he's like, it's really, it's nothing. And Nesta is like, no, show me. And he kind of, I think he like pulls back his shield arm a little bit, like the armor over his arm. And Nesta's like, tell me how to fix it. And Cassian's like explaining, he's like, usually I just like ice it and, you know, wrap it and stuff. And Nesta's like, yeah, I got you. And she fixes it up and stuff. And he's like staring at her the whole time. And she's like, I don't know if she's staring at him or if she's like focusing on the bandaging. She'd be focusing on the bandaging. Oh, I think a bit of both. I think she's like, he's so sexy. Yeah. (laughs) And she finishes up. And he's like, thank you. And he holds her hand a little bit and brushes a thumb down the back of her hand. And then more comes in and Cassian like snatches his hand away. So strange. I just think it's really rude. <laughs> it is rude. But obviously something's going on. Because Maul's very protective of Cassian. I mean, I know. But like, I don't know. Nesta becomes really awkward and she leaves. Yeah. Everyone hates on Nesta. She's like, Nesta keeps on pushing Cassian away. What a bitch. Like, she's so rude and everything. I think Nesta pushing him away is completely justified. Yeah. Especially when he's pulling stuff like this with more. Yeah. Like, he seems embarrassed to be seen with her. I would also pull away. Me too. And also, Nesta's been through so much hardship and she's probably had her fair share of just so much responsibility. She hasn't even had the chance to open herself up to something like this. I mean, also, we discussed the bonus chapter that was featured at the end of Akamath called Wings and Amber in which it was a little bit of a Cassian and Nesta scene and we obviously got hints that Nesta might have been assaulted by Thomas, the guy that she was kind of with. Yeah, I think she's just really concerned... And on guard, because she doesn't want to be hurt like that again. Moving on, that night in bed, Reese can't really sleep, and he's like, oh, it takes me a little while to settle after battle. And I guess it's because, like, the adrenaline rush. Yes, such an adrenaline high. And Farah starts, like, tracing his stomach with her hand, and he's like, oh, if you're too tired. And then, yeah, they do the sex again. They just have sex. In the middle of a war camp. I know. At least there weren't people crying about the deaths of their families this time. I mean, Cassian's injured in the room next door, I think. Oh, that's true. Maybe someone will understand it. If you guys have any idea as to why this happens every time... Yes, we'd really like some insight. Yes, because we don't want to judge Reese. Like, we want to understand it. We just don't understand it yet. They're obviously two people who get comfort from physical contact. Yeah. But I don't understand why hugging it out does not suffice. He could just do that with Cassian. (laughs) Like, hug it out, bro. And Cassian's like, yeah, it's been a really rough day. (laughs) So afterwards... Feyre actually admits to Reese that she's having trouble with the fighting aspect because her skills are still kind of new and she doesn't feel confident enough yet. Yeah, well, not only that, she says that she really finds it hard because, like, at the summer court there was people to defend. Like, she had motivation. Whereas on this battlefield, it's literally just two armies just fighting for the heck of it. Yeah. Obviously, there's, like, an ultimate goal and Feyre feels a bit bad that she just doesn't really feel the need to fight. Yeah. And Reese is kind of just like, it's okay, like, we'll figure it out, we'll be okay. Yes. Everything will come into perspective soon. Yes, exactly. And so the next day, when they're all strategizing, Varian actually suggests to spin a glamour, so Hyben thinks that they are actually somewhere else. Yeah, so I think, like, the kind of idea of this is that Feyre and Reese use their cool little mind powers and they make a vision, almost, of their whole army in a different location. And they come up from the other direction, they're like, Ah, gotcha. Yeah. 
And so they actually eventually find Highburn's army at the northern edge along the Summer Court eastern border. Yes. However, this whole little surprise attack doesn't go too well. No. It was expected. Yes. There's so many Highburn soldiers. And I, don't, I think we forgot to mention it, but Kier's Darkbringer army from the Court of Nightmares did agree to fight. They're marching towards Highburn's camp, I guess? Highburn's army. But this army is just, like, so big and there's so many of them that cleave this Kier's forces apart, yes. which obviously is not good. No, not at all. Very unexpected. And so during this, Feyre's kind of watching it and she's like, this is not going to plan at all. I need to do something. I can't go down and fight. I'm not going to be any use for them. I need to find my bestie, the Serial, so I can find a solution. Exactly. Feyre's like, oh, more. you should go fight with them. Like, they really need your help. And Maul's like, no, I can't. i got to look after you. Reese will literally kill me if I leave. And she's like, no, no, really, go. We'll stay here. All will be fine. And Maul's like, yeah, okay, if you're sure. She heads down. She's a badass. Maul's just awesome. Like, she's so in her element. She's got her swords out. Yeah. And she's, like, slashing left, right at people. Yeah. Feyre tells Nesta, and she's like, I'ma leave. Let me just grab Elaine real quick. I'ma use her powers as a seer to find the cereal. Yes. And so they find out that the cereal is actually heading to the Weaver's Forest. And she goes up to the cereal, and the cereal's like, Honestly, I don't know where Highburn's hiding its army, Sozgal. And he's like, The cauldron's cloaking the location of this army. However, I know how you can't find it. Use Nesta and make her scry some bones. Yes, and this way you'll be able to track the cauldron. Yes, pretty sure bone scrying is like, you have like little bones and you like yeah. <laughs> toss them on a map or something. Yeah. And they like, I don't know, reveal a location. Yeah, it's like a spiritual thing. Yeah, something like that. Yes, and so Feyre's like, thank you so much, my best friend, Cereal. You are always coming in for the win. And then all of a sudden, the Cereal is shot with an ash arrow through the throat. And we're like, oh no. no. I was so upset. This might be one of the saddest deaths in the whole book. I... There's a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was devastated. And who steps out? Ianthe. God. So, we find out that Ianthe actually gave the cereal a robe previously, and this robe had a tracking spell on it, and this tracking was triggered when it came in contact with Feyre. That's real sneaky. Yes. And the cereal's, like, mouthing for Feyre to run. Yes. And she's like... Okay, well, I'm going to do that then. And she remembers back to the weaver's cottage and she sprints towards it. And she goes in and the weaver's like, I got a gift for you. And Ianthe comes in and she's like, Pharaoh, where are you? And Pharaoh's like, I bought you dinner. And Pharaoh gets out of there. She does. And she she's like, she should have been like, I'm so sorry about stealing from you and like setting things on fire. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Whoopsie. Whoops. And as she's like going away, she just hears this blood curdling screaming. Yeah. R.I.P. Ianthe. And so Feyre is running, but she actually goes back to the Surreal because, again, the Surreal got shot in the throat with an arrow. And the Surreal's on the ground, and he's just, he's gonna die. Yes, and she's, like, trying to save him. She's like, I'm a curse breaker. I'm gonna use my cool healing powers. You know, I can help you. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm too far gone. However, my only request is that you stay until the end. Yeah. And then he says, I knew the tracking was on the cloak, but I came anyway because you were so kind and you just fought fear. 
And so Feyre thanks the Cereal for helping, and the Cereal says, I told you to stay with the High Lord. I was shook. Right back at the start of A Court of Thorns and Roses, where Feyre captured the Cereal for the first time, it said, stay with the High Lord. And Feyre's like, yeah, Tamlin, of course. Cool. Apparently the Cereal meant Reese the whole time. Oh. And Feyre's like sobbing, and she's like, I did, I did. And it's like, no, no, not yet. Stay with him and live to see everything righted. Yes. And Pharaoh's like, this is about you now. You're literally dying, Cereal. So I just, I just want to know your name. Like, what, what else can I do for you? The Cereal just says, I want you to leave this world a better place than how you found it. And he dies. It's so sad. It is so sad. And Pharaoh's obviously crying. She's very distressed. She is. But then Helian actually finds her. And Pharaoh's like, please give me your cloak. And he's like, <laughs> rude. I'm cold. <laughs> but okay. And she just lays it over the cereal as one last parting present. Yes. The cereal might have been one of my favourite characters. The Same. cereal always was happy to spill the tea. We found out about Tamlin being the High Lord. We found out it was the Spring Court. The mates. The mates. That was the biggest one. Yeah. So Farrah goes back to the camp and obviously she's very sad, but... Moore doesn't care. Moore is furious. She's literally so mad. She is. And Reese is like, well, look, Farrah, you're always free to go wherever and whenever you want, but I think what Moore is trying to say is just, like, let us know next time. Yes. And Moore's like, that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm trying to say I'm really, really pissed. Yeah, and Reese is like, okay, okay. Uh, Take a chill pill. Yeah. And we also find out that during this battle that Pharaoh kind of went to the cereal during, Cassian has actually been really injured. Oh, really badly injured. Yeah. And they're kind of in the infirmary kind of area, and he wakes up, and Reese is like, you're an idiot, mm. but we did win that, but only barely. Yeah. Reese is so mad. He's like, your guts were literally hanging out, and Azrael had to hold them in. And oh. Pharaoh's like... That's really gross. And she looks over at Azrael and he has, like, blood coating his hands. Yeah. I would vomit. <laughs> That's would. disgusting. You are afraid of blood. And Pharaoh's kind of like, okay, well, I'm out. Glad we established this. And Nesta's outside looking, like, really stressed and pacing. And Pharaoh's like, you know what? He's fine. And then Moore kind of comes over and she's really not that nice to Nesta. She's horrid. Yeah. And she's like, um, shouldn't you be refilling that bucket, Nesta? I think it's so rude. I really liked Moore, but to be honest, Moore's actions and behaviours towards Nesta in this book specifically turned me against her a little bit. Yeah. I think maybe Moore is a bit worried that she's going to lose her family to women because Reese and Feyre are obviously mates and I think she's trying to do everything in her power to not have Cassian pair off too. I mean, yeah, I actually think more more does it because she feels like she has some kind of claim over Cassian after what went down. Yeah, or something to prove. Moore's trying to do a bit of a power move on Nesta, and yeah. I don't like it. You're not meant to be that best gal friend of the guy. <laughs> don't be an Ianthe to Tamlin. That's annoying, Moore. We don't like it. And she just does it in such a rude way, not even like a subtle, like, oh, we've known each other for so long, we're so besties. She's literally like, can you leave? Yeah. And so, obviously, Nesta leaves. She's not going to really put up with that. And Moore's angry at Nesta because she didn't tell anyone that Feyre had left. Like, as if it was her responsibility. And Feyre's like, you want to talk about lying? How about the fact that you lie to yourself and all of us every single day? And Moore's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And Feyre's like, 
Why haven't you ever made a move on Asriel more? Why did you invite Healy into your bed? You clearly found no pleasure in it. I saw the way you looked the next day. So before you accuse me of being a liar, I'd suggest you take a long, hard look at yourself. Wow. And Moore's like, that's enough. Because she's pushing it way too far. And Feyre's like, is it? Don't like someone pushing you about it? About your choices? Well, neither do I. And Moore's like, get out. And Feyre's like, fine, and leaves. Oh, gosh. Tensions are high. And then Amryn comes in. (laughs) And she's like, every time you guys leave me at home, someone manages to get injured and drama happens. Mommy's back. (laughs) I'm here and I'm ready. I'm not happy with Feyre. It's such a low blow in such an inappropriate moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think Feyre just needed to understand Moore was concerned about her whereabouts. Yes. And later on, they have a little meeting and Cassian is actually still really unwell. Yeah, he's like limping and I think Asriel and Reese are kind of carrying him between them. Yes. And Feyre's like, Amran, the serial claimed that the answer to nullifying the cauldron was in the second and penultimate pages of the Book of the Breathings. And Amran's like, yeah, okay, cool. Chill. And then Feyre's also like, by the way... We also need to scry some bones. Yes, so Amran's like, Nesta, you get up here, gal. Yeah, gal, my pride <laughs> Come onto the stage. Yeah. And so Nesta holds out the bones, and she's kind of like... What do I do with these? Yeah, do I touch it? Like, yeah, and she's wondering, once I see the cauldron, should I reach out and, like, make contact? And Amran's like, no, get close, but do not touch it. Yeah. So Nesta's, like, looking terrified, and Cassian gets up, and everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? Your guts were falling out earlier. And he's like, shut up, I can do this. So he, like, kind of walks over to Nesta and he's like, you're safe here and nothing can harm you. And Nesta kind of just makes eye contact with him and slowly closes her eyes and just clenches her hands around these bones. And Farrah's like, I want a better view of this. So she, like, shifts where she's sitting and then she's like, oh my god. And she sees that Cassian's actually got his hand on Nesta's lower back. And Nesta's just, like, leaning into him. And so a few minutes pass and Nesta actually starts to breathe really fast. And Amran's like, Nesta, open your hand, open your hand. And Nesta just doesn't. Like, she just clenches her hands. She's obviously so far in whatever she's doing yeah, that she can't. Exactly. And so Feyre lunges at her with her mind and sees that Nesta and her are both standing in Hyben's tent watching the king with the cauldron. And they kind of realize that the cauldron knows they're there. And I think the King of Hyben actually turns around and stares them dead in the eye. Yes. And they're like, oh, we've got to get out of here. So they, like, sprint away. And Feyre's, like, yelling for Nesta to open her fist. Yes, because, mind you, in their physical forms, Nesta's still holding those bones. Yes. So Nesta does. She's like, let's go rapidly. Feyre and Nesta, back in their bodies. It's all G. And they see the bones that Nesta was scrying has made a perfect little circle around one point on the map. Yes. And that's where the cauldron is. A little bit later... Reese is like, let's get all the High Lords together and discuss this situation. Yeah. So they're all in there, all the High Lords, and Varian opens the tent. Oh. And he sees Amran. He walks straight to Amran and just, like, kisses her. Oh, yes. So cute. Yeah, I love it when Amran's like this. Yeah. And she just, like, kisses him back and wraps her legs around his waist. And Varian stands up, still kissing her, and just walks out of the tent. And I think some of them are, like, a little bit disgusted. And Tarquin's like, okay, look, we're going to have to alternate. You can have them on some holidays. We'll have them on the other. (laughs) (laughs) We'll work something out. But I don't want them full-time, and I'm sure you don't want them full-time either. Yes, Tarquin's back. We love him. And so that night, Pharaoh wakes up, and she feels the cauldron watching her. 
And so she goes outside and she finds that Nesta is actually there too. And Nesta's like, do you feel it too? And Farrah's like, yeah, you feel it, bro? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then everyone's kind of coming out and they're like, what's going on? And they're like, oh my God, where's Elaine? And they look to the edge of this little clearing they're in and they see Elaine's cloak. Yes. And it's still warm. Yeah. So she's been taken or she's ran away, but most likely taken since her cloak is gone. Yes. Either way, she went somewhere and everyone's freaking out. Yes. And Nazriel's like, I'm going to get her back. And Esther's like, she's probably dead. And he's like, I'm going to get her back. Good on you, Asriel. And so Farrah's like, I'm going with you. Yes. And they head to the Highburn camp, and Farrah has borrowed one of Asriel's siphons and stuck it to her forehead. Yeah. And Farrah's got those shape-shifting powers, so she pretends to be Ianthe. Yes. But we secretly know that Ianthe's dead. So yeah. at least there's no awkward situations Yeah, where Ianthe also comes in and she's like, hey. And it's like that like, Spider-Man hey. I was just thinking that. <laughs> where they're like both yeah. pointing at each other. <laughs> yes. So Azrael is just lurking at the back because obviously it's going to look a bit weird if they just walk in together and it's Ianthe and Azrael. I don't really know how he does it. He just like literally disappears into the shadows. Yeah, which he's very good at. And so they're trying to find Elaine, but they hear someone screaming and it's actually one of the children of the blessed. And Feyre's obviously super concerned about it. But then Durian bumps into her and he kind of whispers to her, Ianthe's been lusting after me for weeks, so act like it. And Feyre's like, oh my god, okay, I guess I can trust you. Ew. And they kind of like link arms and he's like, come and, you know, show me how much you've missed me and stuff. And he takes her to where Elaine is. Yeah. And Feyre's like, but wait, the child of the blessed, I want to save her. And Durian's like, are you stupid? She's like, no, I'm very caring. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll set her free. I'll make sure she's at the cliff. That's our meeting spot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, dandy, cool. Yes. So Azriel finds Elaine and grabs her straight away to run to the cliff, which is the meeting point. Yes. And they're just like sprinting. And I think Highburn's onto them now. Yeah. He set hounds on them. Yeah. And they're being shot at by ash arrows. And they actually get to the cliff. Yes. And this child of the blessed is just like standing there vibing. And so is the king of Highburn. And is like... Asriel, I'm ordering you, take that gal and take Elaine and get back. And he's like, I appreciate the order. Thank you so much, hi lady. And no. <laughs> not doing that. I'm not leaving you. Yes, because mind you, Reese previously gave him orders being like, both of them get out alive. Yes. And so the two hounds leap towards Feyre, but then they get intercepted by something or someone. This beast comes out and Feyre's like, I know that roar. I know it really well. Doesn't bring down a mountain, but I do recognize it. (laughs) Exactly. It's Tamlin. It is. And we're like, what are you doing here? So Tamlin's obviously trying to intercept and save Feyre and just save everyone, I guess. And he actually gets injured. So yeah, these hounds like take down Tamlin, which is a little bit sad. At this point, Azriel is flying both Elaine and this girl who's one of the children of the blessed out and Azriel's like Feyre you're gonna have to fly fly this is the most we've heard Azriel speak he's like you're gonna get up you're gonna use your damn wings and you are gonna fly across this cliff I love Azriel and she's like okay I'm trying and she's like flipping her little Nemo wings exactly and on an also happy note Azriel gets shot in the wing he does but they still manage to get back to camp yes and Obviously, he's in a lot of pain, and Feyre's like, I don't even know how you did that, but well done. Yes. And Nesta 
runs at them, seeing that they've saved Elaine, and hugs Feyre. She's shocked. She is. Feyre's like, a hug from yeah. Nesta? <laughs> Are you drunk, Nesta? And Elaine just, like, gets out of Azriel's arms and kisses his cheek. Yeah. And then Elaine actually joins the hug with Feyre and Nesta. And Feyre just cries. Yeah. I think she's like, oh my god, my sisters. Like, finally, you yes. know? And so they share a bed together. I think it's kind of reminiscent of them in their little cabiny hut thing right yeah. back at the start when they were living in poverty, where they all just shared a bed for body heat. And they only had each other. Yes, so I think that's really beautiful. Me too. So later on, Callius arrives and he has his army and some supplies. Yeah. And basically this child of the blessed that they saved, we find out her name is Briar. Now she's buddies with Vivian because the Winter Court has like... <laughs> cute fluffy animals. Yeah, and honestly, who doesn't want to be friends with Vivian? She seems awesome. I love her. Yeah, and Moore and Feyre actually finally have a chat, and Moore tells Feyre that Asriel is going to be fine, but he definitely won't be doing any flying soon. And Feyre is very appreciative of this information, and also apologizes for being so, I guess, intrusive and mean She to knows Moore. she was in the wrong. Yeah. And Moore's like, no, really, it's fine. You're right. I don't love Azrael. It's because I can't. And Moore's like, I prefer females. Now we know. We do. And Moore goes on to saying, after Azrael found Moore on the border of the Autumn Court with that note nailed to her womb, he started to confess his feelings and she just panicked and left. Yeah, because she knows how great he is. Like, she does not want to be letting him down. No, I just, I feel really bad. I feel like that is not a vibe. No, Like, not imagine at all. you being like, hey, by the way, I've been in love with you for so many years. And, and she's, she's like, like, no, I'm out of here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. It I feel would. so bad for Ezreal. Yeah, me too. But I do understand why Maud did that. Like, it would be kind of hard to talk about it. And I think. By now, she's like, oh, it's been a bit too long. Like, it's kind of too late. She honestly just needs to bite the bullet. Like, she can't... Bite the 500-year bullet. Exactly. Yes. And she goes on to say that... She kind of goes on to say that she does sleep with other males, and she does kind of find enjoyment in it. So, she's bisexual. However, she has a much stronger preference for women. Yes. And we find out that more... Her first female lover was actually this female called Andromache. Yes. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Let us know, guys, if I'm not. I believe you are. And she was actually a human queen, and they kind of met, I think, just before the wall went up. Yes. But Moore was desperately in love with her. So Moore spent years and years trying to find a way to find her again. Once she finally found a small hole in the wall, she went through, and she found out that Andromache was married to a man, and she had five children. And later, she just died an old woman. And... The golden queen that we met in Akamath was actually the descendant of Andromache. Yes. Feyre probably takes a little bit of time to just process this news because she's like, now it all kind of makes sense. Like, I get it. I like you a lot more now, more because I get it. And I think she's also just starting to plan a matchmaking session between more and someone else. Yes. She literally says it. She's like... I just can't stop thinking about how excited I am to matchmake. And Moore just smiles. And I think she's just... This is the first time Moore's come out. Yeah. And so I think she's so appreciative and relieved. Yes. But okay. Also, let's let's have a little sidebar and chat about this a little bit more. Earlier, Feyre's like, let's talk about lying. How about the fact that you lie to yourself every single day? A lot of people are saying that this is Feyre forcing Moore to come out. But Feyre didn't know. 
I don't know. I think Feyre's choice in words was absolutely horrific in that. I agree. I do kind of agree with you, though. Please don't hate me for this. No, please don't. Um, But also, if you do know for facts, like, if you do know facts about this, please let us know because we don't want to be interpreting anything the wrong way. Exactly. I think, yeah, Feyre didn't know. I think she was genuinely just like, admit your feelings for Asriel. Why are you leading him on if you're not interested? Because it just seemed so obvious. Yes, and it seemed like Moore was interested in him as well. Yeah. So I think that's what Feyre was pushing her to do. However, I can see how it could be seen as Feyre forcing more to come out. Yes, I agree too. I think it's a messy situation. I think it wasn't written super well on SJM's behalf. I think there could have been a little bit more consideration going about it. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Yes. So I'm glad we discussed that. Me too. Moving on. Yes. So... Feyre and Moore have sorted most of the things out and they're on better terms now. So everyone is together having a meeting. And Amran comes in and she says that she's found a way to stop Hybin's army, but they need access to the cauldron. This seems like so much effort, to be honest. Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yes. So Feyre is like, actually, I also have a little bit of a plan. So she winnows to the Court of Nightmares and she goes to the mirror, Ouroboros. Yes. And in the mirror, she sees this massive beast with claws and scales and fur. And it just, like, pounces towards her. And she grabs a dagger out and whirls around. But there's nothing there. No. And then suddenly, we're at the bone carver. And Feyre gives him the mirror. And he's like, what did you see? And Feyre's like, it's none of your beeswax. Yeah. (laughs) Back off. Why did you want the mirror anyway? And the bone carver's like, actually... I don't even really want it. I just know that everyone who looks in it goes insane, and I wanted to see that you were worth helping. Yes. And so Farrah's bitch. She's like, are you serious? You made me look in that mirror. <laughs> I saw some creepy-ass beast. Yeah. Literally for no reason. Yeah, like, he pounced at me. <laughs> are you kidding me? But then the bone carver agrees to ally with Farrah because... That was their deal. Yeah, exactly. So she heads back to camp, and they're preparing for the actual war. I think it's in, like, an hour. It's, like, quite soon. Yeah, it's it's now. And Cassian is, I think, a little bit more recovered, but still nowhere enough to no. fight. And so he's like, Elaine, come here. Here's my blade. And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, Nesta, you have it. And she's like... I don't know what to do with this. And Cassian's like, you've probably got an equal chance of injuring yourself as injuring others. But why would he give it to Elaine? It's just like a random sword. Still, I wouldn't pick Elaine. They've got to have some kind of defense. You think he's just like, here, Elaine, right in the middle. Yeah. No weapons. He should be like, here, Elaine, here are some flowers because you're lame. (laughs) Elaine. (laughs) Kidding. I like Elaine. But then Azrael comes up and he's like, Elaine, here is my sword, truth teller. I want you to use it. And everyone's like gaping. And Reese says to Feyre's mind, Asriel has never let another person touch that blade. You should never touch a man's sword without him asking you to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And Elaine's like, okay, because you asked me, I'll take it. Whoop. I'm not even going to lie. Things get really sad really quickly. And at this point in the book, I was bawling my eyes out. Reese is giving a bit of a pep talk to everyone. Yeah. And he, like, addresses everyone. And Reese says, If I hadn't met an Illyrian warrior in training, I would not have known the true depths of strength, of resilience, of honour and loyalty. And Cassian's, like, looking a little teary. Yeah. And then he says to Azriel, If I had not met a Shadow Singer, I would not have known that it is family you make, 
not the one you were born into that matters. I would not have known what it is to truly hope, even when the world tells you despair. And Azrael's like, <laughs> also sad. And then he says to Moore, if I had not met my cousin, I would never have learned that light can be found even in the darkest of hells. Hold on. Harry Potter? Dumbledore? <laughs> is Rhys Dumbledore? <laughs> Sorry, let me co let me continue my yeah, very serious and emotional uh, monologue. Sure. That kindness can thrive even amongst cruelty. Moore is crying. He turns to Amran and says, If I had not met a tiny monster who hoards jewels more fiercely than a fire drake, my own power would have consumed me long ago. And then he looks at Pharaoh. No. And he says, And if I had not met my mate... And Reese is teary now, and he says down the bond, I would have waited 500 more years for you, a thousand years, and if this was all the time we were allowed to have, the wait was worth it. I believe that everything happened exactly the way it had to, so I could find you. Oh. And then he says to Feyre's sisters, we've not known each other for long, but I have to believe that you were brought here into our family for a reason too, and maybe today we'll find out why. Oh my gosh. And then he finishes off by saying, We will walk onto that field and only accept death when it comes to haul us away to the other world. We will fight for life, for survival, for our futures. But if it is decided by the tapestry of fate or the cauldron or the mother that we do not walk off that field today, the great joy and honour of my life has been to know you, to call you my family, and I am grateful more than I can possibly say that I was given this time with you all. That is beautiful. Sobbing. Sobbing. It's so sad. I'm crying with the inner circle. What really made me cry is the fact that he's like, everything happened because it had to. Yeah. And I wouldn't change that. Like, he's saying he would still be happy to have to service Amaranth if it meant eventually finding Feyre again. Very sweet. That's so beautiful. Very I'm, beautiful. <laughs> I'm so sad. Same. So, they eventually head to the battlefield and... Asriel, even though he's been injured, still wants to fight, and Reese says, that is a hard no. I guess, fast forward a little bit of time, Feyre and Reese are standing at the edge of like, kind of a bit of a lookout, I think, and Feyre says to Reese, I never got you a mating present. And he's like, is this really the time to be discussing this? <laughs> like, seriously. And I think Feyre is more just trying to like keep his mind off the battle that's about to happen, because yeah. people are going to die. Yeah, I think it's cute, because everyone's freaking out at the battle, and Feyre's like, wait... I never got you a mating present. I'm so sorry. And Reese is like, oh, it's okay. And she's like, let me show you. And she shows him an image of her back. And it's four moon faces tattooed onto her spine with this little small star in the middle. Cute. Yeah. So that's cute. So the battle has begun and Fair is watching. And at the front line is the Bone Carver and Bryaxis. They're like a whirlwind of death. They are. Reese is also watching. Yeah. There are literally... I think, actually, they might not even be, like... I don't think they've moved. They're still just standing there. Yeah, exactly. And Reese is like, so how did you go with the mirror? And Feyre says that she actually realises that the beast that she saw in the reflection was herself. Yes, that was all of her. Yes. Her fears, her flaws, just her whole being. Yes. And she decided that she loved it anyways and forgave it for everything it's done. And then, looking out at the battlefield again, the Weavers also rocked up to fight. Amazing. And Farrah's like, I didn't call her in her help. And Reese is like, you're not the only one that can make bargains. Oh. And so, the fighting begins. Lots of armies are rocking up. Heaps. Tamlin has a small army that rocks up. Cute. 
Tamdemption? Yes. Baron's army rocks up. No Barademption. No, no, I don't think he gets one. No, he didn't save Feyre's life. No, that's a no from me. <laughs> Grayson's army rocks up. Ugh, if we have to. But Grayson isn't leading it, Durian is. Yep. Well, Grayson's got no skills except yelling at people to take off them rings. <laughs> so Durian needs to. Because his eye was a ring. <laughs> so he knows how it feels. <laughs> so Amran's like, this is our chance. Acheron sisters, come with me, let's go to the cauldron. Yes. And they're on their way. And all of a sudden, Nesta just, like, starts screaming Cassian's name. And we're like, what is going on? And then we see this figure from the Aerial Legion just shoot towards them. Yep. And as he's flying towards them, the cauldron sends out this huge blast. And it just wipes the Illyrian shields. And I think pretty much the whole Aerial Legion is just taken down. Very sad. And very sudden. Yeah, and Feyre's like, I wonder if Cassian knew that Nesta knew. Because somehow Nesta knew before it even happened what was going to go down. Yeah. I mean, Nesta's also connected to the cauldron. Yes. And so then the cauldron also wipes out a lot of the front line, including the bone carver. It's devastating. It is. Feyre sees it happen. Like, the bone carver looks at her and smiles, and then he's just gone. Yeah. But obviously the smile means that he doesn't regret it, and he's gone down for what he believes is right. We hope so. Yeah. We really don't know much about the bone carver. Yeah. I think he's pretty chill. I hope so. Yeah. And so they had to have another little quick team discussion, like, oh, this isn't going to plan. What are we going to do? Cassian's on the ground now. What are we doing? I'm so confused about this. I'm like, why? Have they just, like, paused the battle and they're like, hang on, guys, we just got to, like, have a quick little chat. Give us one second. Yeah, I mean, Cassian saw the blast, so he probably flew down and met them, and Reese. Feyre and Nesta are already kind of there, and Elaine too. So it's not that much of a team huddle because Asriel is not fighting either. And Reese is like, Cassian, you've got to get back in the lines. Yes. And As is like, I'm going to. If you chain me to a tree, I'll rip the tree out from the ground and fly with it on my back. But I'm going to fight. Sexy. <laughs> you said that with so much passion. Yeah, I'm very passionate about his passion. At this moment, Reese also talks to Feyre in her mind, and he's like, I want you to run away. I want you to go far from this. And Farrah's like, you said no goodbyes. And he's like, yeah, well, I want want you to leave. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is when the group kind of realizes they're not getting out of here alive. Yeah. But then the Seraphim arrive. So this is Miriam and Draken and their whole aerial legion. Oh, the notorious Miriam and Draken. I'm so excited to meet them. Durian is quaking. He's like, oh my god. Grayson's like, do you need me to take over, buddy? Like, why are you crying? <laughs> and Durian's just like, they're shaking. He's like, oh my god. Yeah. This is my moment. And then all these humans are like, what, what, what do we do? Do you want us to like go left, go right? And Durian's like, I don't even know because I just want to like apologize. <laughs> I've got my own things going on, okay? <laughs> and we basically just find out they've literally been on Cratia the whole time. That little island. They just, like, put a little cloaking spell up. That was so good, it kept friends out as well. And Reese is like, you're telling me you've been there the whole time. Yeah, Asriel's so offended. He's like, my skill! Rude. <laughs> yeah. And then Draken's like, by the way, we came with another army. And it's led by this queen called Vassa. And Feyre's like, Lucian found her? <laughs> and Draken's like, uh, the one-eyed guy? Nah, nah, nah. We met up with him later on. Queen Vassa was actually found by this guy called the Prince of Merchants. Yes. And everyone's like, what? Uh, What prince? (laughs) And they look at this armada of ships, and there's three ships leading the whole armada. And their names are Feyre, Elaine, and Nesta. It's their dad. He's the prince. Oh my god. Love it. And Nesta, I think, is a little bit shook. Either way, she's like, use me as bait to get 
the king of highburn away from the cauldron you can go in let's just do this cassian's like no way are you doing that how are you gonna keep yourself safe and she's like that's where you come in and he's like yeah okay bet yeah cool okay i'm gonna protect you but reese is like no and cassian's like i never got to repay your mother for her kindness let me do this as a way to buy you some time and Cassian. Reese, Reese so does not want to let him do it. No. But Cassian's pulled out a good argument. Yeah. And so him and Nesta leave to distract. Yes. So Amron and Feyre are like, it's go time. Exactly. And Amron's like, I got me book. Let's head. They find the cauldron. And the weaver is there. And she's just like, hey, Kais, oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> yeah. And the king of Highburn, I think he like rocks up and he just snaps the weaver's neck. Whoops. <laughs> And so Amran and Feyre are like, all right, time is of the essence. We've got to put our hands on the cauldron. And then Amran's like, catch a later book and throws it behind her. And Feyre's like, uh, uh, what is going on? Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm. What's happening? Do you want to have a group meeting right now to talk about what you just did? Like tossing that book? That kind of was not the plan. Yeah. Are you okay? And Amran's like, I'm really sorry, but we got to do something. And Feyre's like, oh my God, Amran's literally just lured me into a trap. Yes. At this moment, I was like, Amron. Same. I texted you and I was like, um, did I miss something? Is Amron possessed? I was wondering if Amron had been a baddie this whole time. Like, yeah, she was, same. She was a spy. Same. What the heck, Amron? I know. I was like, it's Varian. Like, Amron and Varian are doing <gasps> something because they, like, sneak off and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's clicking together. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. And somehow the cauldron, like, whisks Feyre into seeing a view of everyone. So first she sees Reese, and Reese is in this beast form that he hates so much. You know, with the talons and yeah. everything. And Helian's there too, also in his beast form. Yes. Let me tell you, besties who fight in their beast form together, stay together. They do. That's a really, really good friendship. Yes. They just, like, unleash both Helian's like, I got your back. Yeah. You and me against the world, bro. That's right. I think Reese and Helian... Have the ultimate bromance. They do. I think Helian just wants to sleep with Reese. Probably. Yeah. And Feyre also sees Nesta and Cassian. And so things are obviously not going to plan because the King of Highburn ends up getting a hold of their father and he has a sword to his throat and he actually ends up breaking their father's neck. It's so sad. It is. Nesta is devastated. She is. Even though she has sort of a cold attitude towards her father, I feel like at this point, after he's... He bought a whole armada of ships for them. Yes. He named a ship after her. Yeah, literally. I think she just is so devastated. Yeah, and like, he's family. That's right. And she never even had the chance to be like, thank you so much for helping to save us. And so Cassian is so mad, and so he starts a fight with the king. Like, he tries to fight him, but his wings actually get torn and snapped during this process. Yes, because I think the king of Highburn, like, lets out a big old burst of power. Yeah. And Nesta, first she lost her father, and now she's about to lose someone that she's grown to care a lot about, romantic or not. So She's like, this is not happening. No. Nuh-uh, no sir. That's right. And so her powers explode out of her. Yes, and she's obviously so untrained with her powers. Yeah. But I think she just, like, sends out random, like, bursts of power towards him. Yeah, it's just her body, like, doing its thing now. Exactly. And one of these bursts of power just hits the King of Highburn in the chest and he just flies back. Yeah. And Nesta's like, this is my chance. And so Nesta runs to Cassian as it's like, come on, let's go, and tries to lift him to leave. And he's like, go! And she's like, I can't. 
and I'm sobbing now. Yeah. Very sad moment in the book. If I want to cry, I'm going to just read this chapter over and over again. He is obviously lying in the ground in utter pain, and he lifts up one of his hands and cups her face and says, I have no regrets in my life but this, that we did not have time, that I did not have time with you, Nesta. And he leans up and kisses her just so softly, and he brushes away one of her tears and says, I will find you again in the next world, the next life, and we will have that time. I promise. Oh, I know. And the King of Highburn comes back. <sighs> we hate him. And Nesta covers Cassian's body with her own, and he puts his hand over her back, and it just says, together. They'd go together. And she shields Cassian's body, and the king raises his hands, but then his hands drop. They do. Because all of a sudden, you see that a blade has stabbed through the king's throat. What a turn of events. I know, an invisible hand. Was not expecting that one. No. And we find out that Elaine has stabbed the king. With Truth Teller, Asriel's blade. Asriel coming in for the win. Oh my lord. Yes. And so Nesta goes over and she pushes the blade in more and just beheads the king completely. (laughs) You said that with so much like... It's so powerful. Yeah. I love it. You went for it. I did. And... I think Elaine's kind of like, Nesta, you got to chill, bro. And Feyre's like, I got to get back to reality because the cauldron's doing some weird stuff and I'm confused about Amran. Yeah, so she kind of just like whirls back into her normal body, I guess. Yes. And Amran's like, I'm so sorry, but I need you to be a conduit of power. The page that the serial told me about was actually an unbinding spell. Oh, very in appears. Immaculate timing. So good. And Amran just kind of says her time with everyone was such a gift and she just wouldn't trade it for the world. And then she jumps in the cauldron. Oh my gosh. And the cauldron shatters to pieces. Yes. And Amran comes out, but she's not Amran. She's like this huge beast thing. It's not really described. It just says she has wings yeah, and she's wings. like fire breathing. So I'm assuming like a dragon. Yes. I was thinking that too. And she like comes out and she takes out the whole army. Yes. Varian's very upset over this. He's, he's crying. Like, How is she supposed to put her legs around my waist now? <laughs> like, are we supposed to fly together? Like, I don't get it. I genuinely think he's in love, though. He is. They're in love with each other. Again, we're not sure what Amran remembers because... She doesn't remember anything now that she's in her original form. Yeah, so that's so why sad. Varian is so upset. Yeah. And they realise that since the cauldron's destroyed, everyone would be too. Yeah, there's like a link between the people who a cauldron made and the cauldron. Yes. Reese is like, you know what, Feyre? Why don't you forge the cauldron anew? And she's like, I don't have the power for that. Yeah. I just helped Amaran. And Reese is like, you can use my power. And she's like, no, but you're, you're already so depleted. And he's like, humor me. So they link hands and Feyre puts her hands on the cauldron and she just like feels like the power and stuff. And Reese just keeps on saying through this mental bond, I love you. I love you. I love you. And Feyre's like, yeah, damn, I got, I got the power. And she makes the cauldron. She's like, damn, I'm so good. And she turns around and on the ground, Reese is dead. There's a dead Reese. Yeah. And she just feels the absence of the mating bond. So did I. Our, our boy's dead. He is. I tell you what, I read this and I went, this is when I was like living with my family at home. Yeah. And I went into my mom's room and I was like, I don't think I can read it anymore. I think I'm done. Yeah. I think this is it. Yeah. No more. I'm 
not continuing the story if Reese is not in it. Chapter 77 can wait. I'm done with this book. And also, <laughs> little sidebar, this happens on page 666. Yeah. The devil's number. Not good vibes. No. All of it is bad news. Yeah. I mean, we were madly FaceTiming when I was reading this book. You were sobbing. I actually have screenshots of you <laughs> crying to me about I was this. so sad. You were. You were devastated. It was so bluntly stated, too. I was like, quick, quick. Surely he's alive. It literally was just like the mating bond. It wasn't there. It was gone. Because his own chest. It was not moving. And Reese was dead. <laughs> I cried. And Feyre is obviously devastated. She's screaming and begging all the High Lords. She's like, bring him back. Bring him back. And the other High Lords are like, okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. For what he's given us, sure thing. Yeah. Baron, <laughs> reluctantly. Yeah. Tarquin, Helion, and Callie. So like, yeah, sure. And Feyre turns to Tamlin and she's like, please, I will give you anything. And he just looks at her and he says, be happy, Feyre. And he puts that last little kernel of power in. And Reese is up. He's good. He's great. He's great. He's good to go. Took him three pages. What was that crying all about, Alicia? Literally the shortest death in the history of books. Thank goodness, though. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. <laughs> I know. I was like, thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Reese is like, um, yeah, so this war either went really well or, uh, really badly. And also, can someone help poor Amran out of the cauldron? Like, yeah. she's looking a little soggy. Poor thing. And Varian's like, <laughs> I got it! I got He's it! Like choking, but more beats him, more sprints towards Aww. the cauldron and, like, rips Amran out and she's, like, a little drowned rat. Yeah. All soggy. And she's, she's like, mad about it. <laughs> she's like, someone give me some warm towels. Yeah. I'm so cold and I'm hangry and yeah. I just... <laughs> I just want to go to bed. I know. And they do notice, though, that her eyes are solid. So nothing is just lurking underneath anymore. She's straight up high fae now. No more of that weird power. Exactly. Overflowing things. Yes. Yes. So that concludes the battle. And they won. Thank goodness. Thank All goodness. thanks to Amarin. Yeah. Go Amarin. Yes. But also Elaine. True. And Nesta. And Cassian. Everyone played their part. Asriel with his little sword, with his special sword that only Elaine can touch. <laughs> yeah. So in the aftermath, the sisters return to the clearing and they have a little funeral for their father. Yes. The man we've all been waiting for turns up. My boy Lucian. Your boy Lucian. It's been a hot minute since I've seen him and it's I missed him. so long. I missed him so much. Nesta stays, I think, to mourn the father a little bit more. Yeah. But Vera. And Elaine, with Lucian, head off. Yes. They leave Nesta to, you know, just work through some things herself. That's right. And Feyre asks where Lucian's going now, and he, like, sneakily looks at Elaine. He's like, I don't know, you know, who knows, wherever the world takes me and whatnot. So it was kind of silent, a little bit awkward, and yeah. Feyre gives Elaine, like, a little bit of a nudge. A little bit of an elbow. And uh, Elaine's like, uh, I mean, you could come to Valaris. This reminds me of literally of you wingmanning me. Because yeah. Come on. Say it. Go for it. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. And Lucian is so just, like, pleased to hear it. But I he's, think. like, he's keeping it down. He's, like, it would be my pleasure. What a cutie. I but on him. the inside, he's, like, OMG, OMG, OMG. And Reese probably knows he's, like, trying to get into Lucian's mind. And Lucian's, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. He's just, like, <laughs> screaming and there's, like, little confetti going off. Yeah, and Reese is, like, oh, lame. That's how I felt. <laughs> So after that, Pharaoh goes back to her tent. She's like, I'm going to catch a little bit of a rest. But when she gets there, Prince Dracon, Reese, and Miriam are there. And Reese is just like, hanging on a couch. It's been a long day. And Pharaoh's like, um, for someone who was 
just dead, you seem remarkably relaxed. And Dracon's like, what he doesn't tell you is that he's so damn old that he can't even stand up. And Feyre's like, it. oh my god, are you okay? And he's like, nah, nah, I'm chill, really. Just take a little time out. Yeah. I love it. I love Dracon and Miriam. And I guess there's this kind of question going on, what are they going to do with the cauldron? Because they need to keep it safe. Exactly. And Feyre asks Miriam, she's like, you've still got that cool little cloaking situation on your island, don't you? Would you be willing to hide something big there? And Miriam's like, sure. I'm listening. Yeah. Let's do this. And the next day, Feyre calls a big meeting. Yes. So everyone comes in and I picture it like a big table meeting? Round no, table. no, no. I picture it like everyone's got their little chairs in a circle and they're all just sitting in a yeah, circle. Yeah, round table meeting. No, no table in the middle. Just like an empty space. Oh, like, like you know, a support group meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. like I was going to go more for like primary school where you each have like oh, a show and tell situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Lucian's with Feyre and Tamlin walks in and him and Lucian have like intense eye contact and I'm like, is there sexual tension here? Is there a mating bond happening? <laughs> Maybe. Bad luck, Elaine. You're yeah. out. But then Tamlin kind of gives Lucian the cold shoulder and Lucian, <laughs> he looks so hurt. I'm yeah. so sad. It's kind of fair, though. Like, Lucian, in Tamlin's point of view, Lucian did kind of leave. Yes. He doesn't get it. I don't know. Makes me sad. Same. And Vasa actually finds Feyre because she wants Feyre to break the curse. Because Vasa is a firebird by day and... A woman by night, like our good friend Fiona. <laughs> yes. Even though she's fighting the army, I think Lucian cut a deal with the sorcerer who had captured Vassa and was like, I'm going to take her for a few minutes. I'll return her after. Yes. And Vassa's like, I'm Fiona <laughs> and Feyre is Feyre, but F also stands for Farquad. So <laughs> I need ya. <laughs> exactly. And Vassa's also like, by the way, not sure if you know, the other queens will try to intervene with peace talks, so watch out for them. Yeah. You can't trust them. And so the meeting officially begins, and Feyre brings out the main topic of this meeting, which is that they want to renegotiate the treaty. Between humans and the Fae. Go Feyre. Yeah. She's really... She's making history. She is, but it's also kind of Reese's views and Tarquins like I think most of the high lords have agreed on it but no one's had the guts to kind of bring it up in a public setting with everyone exactly this is the perfect opportunity and the inner circle is back at Valaris and they're having dinner and stuff and Cassian's like okay I think it's time to open up Reese's fancy bottles let's do this I'm ready calls for celebration exactly Feyre actually writes a note to give to Lucian to pass on to Tamlin because apparently Lucian is a messenger now yeah the note says thank you I hope you find happiness too. That's nice. It's so nice. I'm so in support for a Tamdemption. Me too. A Tamdemption. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe one of my controversial book opinions about this series. I agree. I really want a redemption arc for Tamlin. Yes. Because I think he proved himself, one, when he saved Feyre, but I guess it can be looked at as like, he was still in love with Feyre, he was trying to save her life, but then when he saved Reese. He really, the character development is so strong because he finally prioritized Feyre's happiness over his own. I kind of love him. I think he's a really great character. Yes, I think it would be great to work on that character. Definitely. And Elaine's like, you know what? I'd really like to build a garden. Yeah. I think the world needs more gardens after this. And everyone's like, here, here. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> so then we switch again and we get a funky little Reese perspective. I love it. Reese is in the kitchen 
and he's just like, I don't know, vibing. And Cassian and Azriel come in, and they're like listening to Feyre laughing with Elaine and Moore. And Azriel's like, it's real. And I'm crying, obviously. <laughs> and Reese is like, you know what? Let's not do that for another 500 years. And Cassian's like, well, what are we going to do until then? And Reese is like, until then, we're just going to enjoy life. This is so sweet because I love how the three of them get a chance to be together. Like, it's not super public. It's like, yeah, let's all drink and hooray, and then that's it. Like, they get a private moment alone where they get to reflect because they are brothers. Like, they've been through so much. Even before we got introduced to them. So I love that. I think it's so lovely. Me too. And now we're back to Feyre's perspective and... Feyre and Reese are on the roof. They do love some roofs here. They do. And Feyre's finally wearing lingerie. I'm pretty sure it's that red lacy one. I think so. Reese is like, I think she's wearing a nightgown. And he's like feeling her off a leg and he's like, oh, what's this? And she's like, the ladies at the little lingerie store across the Sidra gave it to me for free for helping save the world. <laughs> yeah. Reese actually says that when he was dead, he heard Feyre saying, come back to me. Come back to me. It's super cute. Yeah. And then they make a bargain and they agree that when it's time for both of them to die, they're going to go together. I don't like it. I don't think that's realistic. I think it's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I don't think we need that. There's so many plot holes with this, I feel like. I mean, it's supposed to be a happy ending to the end of the book, but I feel like what happens if, like... They have children. They just both die. I was more going to say, like, what if Feyre, like, I don't know, really unfortunately dies in childbirth and Reese like Reese is like guess I'm out too yeah and then this child is an orphan oh well it is what it is I guess it is what it is Reese is like by the way Braxis is gone and Pharaoh's like oh man I'm gonna have to hunt it yeah and he's like yeah "Yeah." but another day not right now yeah yeah they get a little bit of peace for a little while yeah and on that note Reese picks up Pharaoh and they fly off into the sunset together it's not sunset I don't know when it is, but I feel like it sounds more romantic saying sunset. The stars. They fly off together and, uh, well, he lets go, uh, which kind of doesn't sound great, but she falls a little bit and then she gets her wings out and they fly off together. To be honest, I could have gone without that last chapter. I think it would have been really nice to end off with Reese saying, until then, let's just enjoy life. And I feel like that's how we could have ended the book. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded that. I, I thought it would be nice. I agree because I like the three brothers thing. I do really love this whole flying off together. I think it's super lovely. Probably wasn't essential. No. However, it does set up that we still need to capture Bryaxis. Yes, that's true. I love how that's what they were thinking about. Instead of like, let's plan for the future. They're like, um, that guy that you released, we got to put him back. (laughs) We got him some windows, so he should be pretty happy to be in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess that concludes our reviewing of the trilogy. I mean, apart from the novella, which yeah. we're going to post next week. We are so excited because it's so nice and it's winter solstice. It's basically a fan fiction, to it be is. honest. It is. I loved this series. I can just read it so many times over. I love it. Yes, I truly enjoyed it. And I love that I had you there so I could bounce ideas off of you. I know you read it 
kind of on your own and then you had to go out and find a fan base. And I was really glad that you introduced it to me so that if anything happened or if I was confused about something, I could go to you on our weekly walks and just be like, hey, so, uh, like, uh, Nesta's kind of a bitch. And, and I'm like, like yeah, yeah, she's so awful. I hate her so much. And then when she gets, like, a bit of a redemption, Liv's always like, yeah, 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 yeah I, I always loved her. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Tamlin. Yes. At the start, I loved Tamlin. I was like, yes. And when I first started reading Akamath, I was like, oh, I know that she's going to end up with Tamlin because they always do. But I'm enjoying this race guy. And Liv's like, yeah, sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) I honestly, it was so hard. And my roommate at the moment actually is reading Akatar. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a real big Tamlin stan. I really love it. I think he's, you know, big, strong guy. I'm kind of getting Stockholm Syndrome vibes but I really love him. And I'm like, yeah, he's so great. Yeah. Oscar winning performance goes to live. I know. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. I'm so glad you read it. I'm so glad. This series was actually the series that motivated us to make this podcast. Yes, it is. It really got us back into the passion for reading books and discussing it and just bouncing ideas off of each other. I think it's what we do. Yeah, I... I just had so much fun, particularly with this series. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the Shadow and Bone series that we reviewed previously, but Akatar is my go-to series. I love yes. it. Yes, we love it too. And we would love to hear what you guys thought of the series or if you have any opinions on it or controversial facts or anything that we've missed in these reviewing episodes. Yes, again, we are doing the novella next week. And we're going to discuss all our future theories on A Court of Silver Flames, which comes out in February. Yes. And we'll do a couple of fun little quizzes. Yes. And we're going to do our fan cast. I am so excited. It'll be so good. It's going to be so good. But I was actually wondering, did you want to give a reason for your tea? Like, which part of the book did you want to drink your comfort tea the most? Several moments. Yes. Here we go. High Lord Meeting. I was sipping that tea like no tomorrow. I was oh like, my gosh. this is phenomenal. True. Um, the moment in which the serial died, mm-hmm. devastating. Reese giving the speech. Yes. Devastating. I was like crying into my tea. I was like, someone's dying. I was like diluting my tea <laughs> with all my tears. <laughs> oh my God. Especially when Nesta was covering her body over cuff- Cassian's. Covering Cassian's body with hers. Yes. Devastating. And then obviously when Reese died. Obviously. I was so sad. Yeah. So sad. And I just needed I just needed my tea to just make me feel a little bit more whole. That's fair. What about you? What was your reasoning for your tea? So because I drank the Arctic fire, Arctic, cold, fire, hot. So my favorite character or like female favorite character is Nesta. I just, something about her intrigues me so much. And she's a very hot and cold character. Mm-hmm. So I basically drank this to pay homage to her. I love that. That's such creative reasoning. Thank you. What did your tea taste like? Oh my gosh, it was a whole mix of things. It was very complicated, much like Nesta. There was like a bit of black tea in there and then also like a fruity like sweetness. Okay. And then a little bit of like peppermint. Oh, you enjoyed it? I loved it. Oh, good. It might be my favorite tea. Wow, that's a big call. Yeah. Yes. So... I guess we're heading to the end of the episode now. I'm kind of sad about so it. Oh my. I don't want to. If you guys want to contact us, leave a review, please do. Maybe we can start up a book club or something. Yeah. We'll do maybe read-alongs for our future books we're reviewing. Yes. We could even start up a group chat or something. Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah. Let us know if you'd like that. Yes, please. That could be a bit of fun. Yes. And again, all of our social media platforms are linked in the description. There is the email and a link tree, which links to the rest of our social platforms. Exactly. So that being said, let's wrap up. Yes. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we really hope to have you join us next week. Thank you so much for listening to TBR, a podcast where we drink and spill the tea on books from your TBR list. Yes. Bye. Bye.